When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, two years ago I responded to a prompt you're a powerful dragon that lived next to a small kingdom. As the kingdom fell to invaders, a dying soldier approaches you with the infant princess, begging you to take care of her. Today, the dragon scion book one, Dragon Flame, is a published novel. The dragon, when it comes to the true meaning of the beast, or dragonflight, seems a bit out of place in the original history. Instead, in a series of events from the previous two years, I wrote an essay of the book and gave it a quick go. The author had this to say to me over the phone today. I am very pleased, so far as I am concerned, that the new book one issue of a book on dragons by David T. Brown has been published. It seems to me that the dragon was originally a very powerful humanoid, a creature that the emperor has recognized for the very reason he has a lot of power in this age, and to whom he had sent his own sons, and an even greater one that the emperor wished he could turn to him to take over. And what it has done is have given him full control over every aspect of his life, to the point that he now is not merely the king of a nation, but he is the emperor. He has given us these little, ancient creatures, and brought them back into the face of the world. So the author of Dragonflame, David T. Brown, also known as Dr. Tren, has been a part of history since the first issue, 1892, of Dragonflight. He has also contributed many works on this topic to the book series and all the other books. In Dragonflight, he tells a story of the dragon that his son, Prince Ephraim, had met when he went to see his dead mother's coffin. He writes, The king of these two small kingdoms had an idea. They wanted their father to seize a throne, one of the last major states in the world at war, and give himself to the dragon, a dragon who was not powerful enough to turn a single village into a city. The dragon found his ideal for the throne in the village, which was small in size and rich in resources. He would give himself to a few great beasts and live until the day the other lords would fall. And the dragon was ready. And so did Prince Ephraim, who would become queen. The next day the king himself was crowned with his blood and the blood of the dragon. The last time the dragon was king was in the middle of the great catacombs about 200 years ago, when King Dugon laid out a plan. Now he had a group of dragons to serve as his servants and he planned to have them all fight an awful lot and then take part in the final battles of the conflict. He would fight each man his dragon made his best match for the dragon. Then after much effort, he would choose and select one or none of the men to fight with him and then kill him. Once he had so selected one or none of them to slay, he would kill them all with only a single blow. In other words, he chose the very few humans who were to meet him at the start of the war killing them all with the same shot. Or they would. He would die by the end. After the battle, the dragons had taken over the whole village in an effort to ensure his survival. After the battle, he made them back to their dragons, his warriors. The dragon was only a few years old when he joined the Dragonflight, in 1892. The last time the author read of a great, young dragon, King Ephraim the Elder was a member of the Dragonflight. He told the story of the dragon. 
a dragon of his own, one of men of rank, one of the little heiress of his small kingdom, had arrived in the dragonfly. She was the eldest prince. He had long been his only love to him, he had been a prince and a noble. He had brought an angelic beauty to him, and she was much to love. If you saw that a dragon of this age appeared a little earlier, you would have not been laughing. He had made the first battle his favorite against the enemy, and he had slain his men with one blow of a crossbow, and when he was finished he laid his dragon away for this purpose to be his own, and he was the oldest of the three. Ephraim would go on to write that the dragon was quite beautiful, and that he had given it many gifts and that the dragons had grown so fast from their youth that in only about 100 years the dragon could fly. He recalled the king's wish to make it a great dragon, as his own son. Ephraim's son. Ephraim would go on to write that the dragon was quite beautiful, and that he had given it many gifts and that the dragons had grown so fast from their youth that in only about 100 years the dragon could fly. He recalled the king's wish to make it a great dragon, as his own son. Ephraim's son, Gin, had said that if one wished to fly in the dragon age, then he would need little time apart from the king of the dragons and a proper name in the dragon age, as only a young dragon could ever travel in two to one. The king of all dragons would be Ephraim's son, and he was hoping for Gin's love of flying. Ephraim looked on curiously at Gin, not even mentioning that both of them, like the dragon and then the dragonborn, had some sort of unusual charm about them. The other was surprisingly well-developed in his intelligence, knowing everything about his life, and having a sense of the sky beyond all the clouds that were surrounding him. The other, to his surprise, told Ephraim that he had finally found his new world. Of course Ephraim was delighted, but Gin was still looking on and so could he only ask about the bag of bands. Ephraim was confused for a minute, and then he remembered something. I don't know what bag of bands do. It probably won't be one of them that you're aware of, he said with a hint of pride. I know something about this, but please don't ask me why I don't know much about you, Ephraim said, making the second gin in the room raise his voice, and I don't know what bag of bands do. It would look quite interesting and make it even better if it was you and I doing it. I'm not sure what exactly you all have forgotten about bag of bands. They're the only ones that hold so much information about you and probably will help you gain more respect than the rest. So they don't work for you? Ephraim was startled to find himself back in the king's house. He had never heard anything about what he said was wrong with bag of bands before. If Gin had asked him what bag of bands were they probably would have said something completely different. In the meantime I think Gin is starting to gain the respect of most of his people at the academy, Ephraim told Gin with a smile spreading throughout his face. Gin's eyes were hardened and he looked a little uncomfortable at Ephraim's answer. That's very good, Gin responded. For example, just that last name you have in your head that Gin called them. Bag of bands, that's great. It gives everybody a sense of excitement, not just to think you're really a dragonborn but to remember where you came from. Also, it makes you feel pretty good. You know that I'm quite sure you are a dragonborn, and so I'm going to assume this is more of the same than it is for you. Gin's expression froze slightly. I'm not sure why you wouldn't assume I am. Not just that, I also feel that you're all very smart and very handsome, especially when it comes to being famous. Most people do not have such a good memory, the most fascinating person to go to any length to find out just about everything would tell them quite a bit in fact. Very well, Ephraim admitted as he looked deeply into Gin's eyes once again. 
You would know that you are a dragonborn if you truly knew about it. You would know if the dragon age is going to be one that is even a thousand years from now. Ginnu Ephraim's suspicions would not be unfounded, and could go as far as to assert Gin told her before. Indeed, the fact you asked me this, and it would bring Ephraim into the picture if I asked you for one, and you do, seems even more important to me, as do the many things I have told you. It makes you feel good about all things, even if it's the only way to make me feel even better about getting something from Gin. It makes us feel proud when we talk about you. It gets us excited for your adventure, and I am extremely proud of having you as my new king. That's it for you, said the king of all dragons happily, with one last wave to make her happy, you have a lot of thoughts to speak of when you discuss Bag of Bands with us. Bag of Bands was now with him. As he went to his chambers, he told their stories and listened to their wishes, but as the tales continued, more things seemed to be said by them. Some of it was good, some he couldn't believe. Some it was not so good. And just from that day forth, he always had her waiting for him. That is, until an unexpected encounter, in the middle of a fight and with him, he managed to defeat her and bring her back to safety. And then, his magic, his magic had changed forever. That would mean, as he spoke to her, that she would never meet magic again. Her magic would always be there and she, alone. If she ever did meet magic again, that would mean her, on her way back into the human world, would die. And she would always, she would fight all through her life with his power, at various levels. And one day she would be back to normal. The magic would always shine through her face, the dragons would never cease battling in her stead in the future. And with that, she knew for sure that she would return. Only she didn't know exactly how, but given how long it had gone, she only knew that she would never get to that final conclusion. Only a few days ago, when he first met her, it had taken so long to get her home. Now she loved him quite a bit, she even had a few conversations to celebrate the occasion. And they were great times, even if it was a little while ago as we were being escorted by the horses back to the great hall. With that kind of dedication, she told him a lot about herself and how she would eventually marry him. He had always known this before, and in fact, was able to talk about the whole thing for almost no reason at all. After all, she hadn't met a woman else yet that he knew of like she and she'd never met one before, and that couldn't change how much he respected her and had loved her all along. But now he knew that he needed to find a new woman who was perfect for the job. How, in the very last moment, should he let their romance stop even after a moment of loving each other for the first time? He started to speak, and eventually she smiled. She didn't want to go out at night even though he probably knew that many men felt the same way. But he just did. He was very well. He was now the king of the dragons, and he was going to put his power to the service of all his people even if it meant getting on the wrong side of the government. She let him do his thinking, even with her face so wide in love she started crying. You're my princess, I don't know what you think. I thought you were just some crazy hooligan with a bunch of other stuff in him, but I know, you're doing fine, she whispered. You're alright, he agreed. You're fine. She let him know the next day that she wasn't going to take it anymore, that she'd rather be his sister, because she wanted him to have love, and it took the magic of his heart to make her wish. He knew she wouldn't leave him, and he knew she couldn't get revenge on her, but he had no way of knowing for certain for now. She wanted out of her life so badly, which was why he wanted to use her for anything but revenge. He loved her, 
the way she truly was he loved how he'd found her. For all that, she was happy to know that she'd finally found her true wish, his forlorn hope. And he wouldn't ask her why it took so long. If it wasn't because she couldn't get her end of the deal with him, it wasn't because she couldn't get it if he didn't accept her, but this just made it seem even worse to him. After all, if she had been here, and if he had, she didn't mean to be. You don't want to hurt me, do you? She repeated. Because this may end up going well. He admitted. It had done nothing, was all it was, but the moment had really changed his mind. He had done all his best to keep her from harming him, and his only options were to stay this way or not. It had done nothing, was all it was, but the moment had really changed his mind. He had done all his best to keep her from harming him, and his only options were to stay this way or not. In the case of her, having him back was all he really wanted, and she couldn't even blame him for it. You're sorry for what was done to you? He asked. A small smile crossed her face. As long as I'm not a threat to your future by the people who've had me locked up for this, I'm fine. No problem she lied her ass off. She tried to go on as normal as possible, but she couldn't keep her composure. Just as with any other situation she would get into whenever something bad happened. I was trying to force the decision between not being happy and not being happy. It's impossible that you're still feeling it. Well, I still might keep doing what you were going to do, right? You can't say it without acknowledging it, he said, and looked at her, her face a little pale. Well, I guess what they thought I would say is so weird. Because this is all of the truth, he said for the first time, his voice strong and deep. We're both going to be together forever in our dreams. I was still going to work on my job, even after my divorce, but after it all, this is all I've ever been about for what it's worth. She looked away and shook her head. No, it's not. He walked over and grabbed her arm, as if she couldn't go and leave with him. Then I'd better go. What was that? It was as if she had said something along the lines of I don't want to go home now though perhaps it was a small bit, as if she was just thinking about it carefully and maybe not much of anything. Instead, that wasn't what she needed to say to you. I wouldn't have told you why. But that was important, he said without looking on one face. But in the middle of it all, you're making it hard by acting that way. The only way to handle it. As long as you're willing to take it and stay for me. After the realization struck her that he could really do whatever he wanted she continued his story, and eventually asked in her own voice does your current boyfriend actually love you? His voice, it wasn't his voice, it was hers. It was like she saw him as his own person, a little like who he really was while she saw him as a part of him. She watched him as he made that dream a reality, never quite losing it. She didn't want to go back. But he had been very accommodating of her right then, for one thing, she could see that at the right moment. You'll see what I mean if we both want to leave here, or if you don't go back. I'm sorry. Whatever happens is never going to ever be my business. So just keep going and you could be the perfect girl for me. You can't let the other girl hurt you anymore. I'm leaving now, she said with a slight sigh for a moment before walking out of the bedroom and up a flight of stairs. It was a sudden rush of sadness that she had never felt before, but she soon relaxed a little at this little glimpse, then it was all over. Her clothes hadn't looked as neat, her bag had been so tight she couldn't get a seat, her hair had fallen over on the end of the couch, the floor was covered in brown stains and the carpet was already covered in brown. If she hadn't left the house at that moment, 
she would have been sure she didn't need to go for work. What the heck was she doing in this room in the middle of the night in the middle of the night if she had to sit there alone with her hair wet and her nose smeared with blood in her pants and her hair tangled in her knickers and she wouldn't even know why he was even there? But the most frustrating part was how much harder it had been than she had ever expected. She'd been too angry to even try putting her foot down and her hand in her pocket, but she'd been too tired to sit on the couch, and would have tried so much harder if she'd just tried to go over and pick up her stuff. The only feeling in that situation she had on that day was when Blake had walked in and forced the door open to let her in. Then she'd sat on the bed, and the only girl in her room had moved aside to take a rest. No, you have no idea what I do for a living, Blake said, looking down at the clock. I spend the rest of my day here, reading all these books I can, watching cartoons. Watching people get fucked in the ass, getting raped. Blake could see the pain in her eyes, and then she knew she knew. Who made you start talking to this stranger? I said that because they're friends, my roommate's not in here to talk with anything else. I told her that if she saw me, she wouldn't have been able to look that high and high up, but if she saw yourself up close and still was talking, then that was one way I could stop her. It's different from me wanting her to know my family. The girl looked up at her, her wide eyes still wide-eyed before she looked back up at the clock. She reached for the door, but something knocked at the back of it, and Blake jumped and ran but she made no attempt to stop herself. The guy came out of the door and stood outside with a big cigar in hand, his large, dark hair standing out under a baseball cap. Blake watched as him walk. Blake ran into a small apartment that had been occupied by a friend, only far bigger, and Blake couldn't quite understand the way Blake had walked by. If she'd been in any different room they'd have turned for a better view, the girl holding the door at them was going to fall back into depression, and as far as she knew, she wasn't going to be able to figure out how to get out of it. Besides, she could tell it was the guy who'd been here all day. But she couldn't tell if he was a guy. Blake could not say if it was the sound of footsteps, or if other people in the apartment just heard her. What she could understand was, someone here wasn't there to find her only to be taken in when they were alone and have to go to the bathroom. When she checked her phone, it's still dialer, not my home numbers. I found it a week later, and the name on the front end and the address on the back are still in my password. In other words, I know something about them. What did Blake think I was doing wrong? Even she felt the urge to get more of these kind of people to talk about her. She reached up and pulled a book out of the bag. It was written down, in a small, black ink on the covers. A book that read as, sex, love, family, and sexuality. What she realized after looking at it was, she hadn't written the book down as usual. It was still in the box. No sign of Blake. Her room was covered with a black paper sack and her purse and keys. A small hand sat on a shelf between books. I'm Blake Rose, she said quietly this time, letting the book fall down into the trash. I found myself in her room when I realized that I hadn't done what I was expected to do. But what she did was the opposite. She did not turn to open the door and tell me to open the door. She just said she'd open it. And when I'd look in her room she wouldn't tell me to open the door, but I was glad she didn't, and I knew she probably wouldn't be able to open it on her own. I found myself standing within what she had described but didn't say I would, so I pushed the door open for a good minute. Don't be a jerk. After I'd reached into Blake's pockets and tapped my back on the couch, 
I looked down at the book in my hands. The cover appeared to be in my wallet, as if I'd found an old paper to handpick. I took a deep breath, trying to make it look familiar, so I could see if there was anything unusual I could think of. My fingers found a few pages of paper that wasn't a note. They'd look familiar to me. This is the first book I've ever written on sex specifically, Blake said softly, her voice soft and deep without being overly melodramatic. This is the first book I've ever written on sex specifically, Blake said softly, her voice soft and deep without being overly melodramatic. I'll be fine, though. I'll think about it after I read. She leaned into Blake's embrace again, making the familiar soft sounds of kissing and fondling that he had never heard her kiss before feel more natural. Her mouth was still wet against John's body, but Blake's breath was even more soft as she closed in and leaned on him to stroke his neck. A quick glance at Blake and Jean's hair showed how comfortable she was, showing just how relaxed they must have become after the little fight of their life. They kissed as hard as they would for a long time, but Blake's face never looked any warmer as she spoke, you like having fun? I don't know. But you're being honest. Is she getting more excited to play with my pussy? Jean wasn't sure what was happening now, but Blake smirked and rubbed his shoulder. Just keep doing your best, I will. Blake took another step towards him, the blush growing, but the warmth was too much for the little girl. He quickly tried to pull back as it took his breath away and was able to feel her soft embrace wrapped in a loving embrace. Her breathing went heavy, her breathing was even slower now, but Blake's lips softened as she spoke more slowly, yeah, that's why I gave her that one last big kiss, the kiss fell and she gasped and turned away. Jean pulled away and Blake could hear the sound of someone sobbing over the next few seconds, I love you so much. She could feel the soft touch of her soft and warm breasts coming up to his chest and she breathed again as she felt his chest swell up into a massive cup. She kissed Jean's ear for the first time and his heart skipped a beat from his chest, she moved his head in the direction of her kisses and felt his body rise and fall to her side. Finally he was ready. They hugged like never before as even the slightest touch would leave them feeling a bit tight. She squeezed his tight little dick out of her pussy with such joy, Blake felt it warm up with their own hands. Their hands intertwined. As their fingers went on, they found they could feel the warmth from the girl's wet pussy. She felt even better on Jean's cock as she rubbed against him, this feeling was enough to make everything feel better and she moaned all the time. She gave Jean a heart, soft kiss on the lips and felt him moan as his tongue wrapped around her clit. His lips touched and she felt her pussy tighten slightly, so she slowly pulled his hips back and her tongue spread into his mouth. Their touch brought her pussy back into him again, and her eyes never left him, he couldn't see her body even for a moment but when she looked back and saw his dick hard, his nose was still there. He was in such a mess as she knew it, she pulled him up then, Blake had to try hard to keep her lips still, so the touch sent her into a deep trance. He would never come, never really tried, but his body just felt so damn good. He loved his pussy, she just wanted the same. There were things, every single time, Sean let her touch him and the one kiss was what changed everything and made her wetter and wetter and happy. They parted and he kissed her neck again. When he said that, he seemed like the happiest person, he was a very special person. We still went through years of his life together and still have good memories over time and still share close memories with him, his family and fans. That's what was so special about that night and still will be for a long time to come. 
The night he woke up to Blake and Jean and Ruby walking by in the morning she still felt so damn happy. She knew he is the happiest human being she had ever met and he always looked down on her until he knew he was happy to call her that on and treat her like he's the happiest human being she had ever met and love her and let her have a life full of fun. Pleasure made her breath slow down and the thought of being with someone so happy, so much loved and so good just made the thought of seeing Ruby walk by with his back to her with his face, she was so happy and happy even when his body hurt. Blake felt like she was being dragged to the moon. The moon was far too bright and the moon looked like a dead star so she had to go find Ruby. She found all the time, Ruby's body stopped touching her and she couldn't look at her without a smile on her face. Her smile still came on almost every time she tried to smile. The moon was far too bright and the moon looked like a dead star so she had to go find Ruby. She found all the time, Ruby's body stopped touching her and she couldn't look at her without a smile on her face. Her smile still came on almost every time she tried to smile. A cold breath came out of Ruby's mouth and she sighed and looked to see why. Hello Ruby? Weiss asked. The small white-haired girl was still wearing the same outfit as her partner before. Ruby looked at the two of them with interest as she saw Weiss red red outfit and then stood up. Hello back up my lady. She questioned as she looked down toward Weiss. The girl tilted her head she didn't look at her partner but rather, she tilted her head back then looked down and asked. Well I just got here and I wish I can be my friend so I can make sure we can stay here for the last few days. I can't believe you aren't the first time Ruby did that since it was with her mom the night before. I can't go to the hospital but I told you I won't let you go that last few days so I think I'll do just that. Weiss was still wearing the red clothes with the large white chestnut shorts and white shorts she had worn before. There was a small laugh that ran through Weiss' voice as she walked over to Ruby. You don't need me you need the rest of you, Weiss said with an angry anger. Ruby glared at her in silence for a little while then turned back to take the red outfit off. She looked up at Weiss and smiled that way. Oh well, can I tell you a little more something? Thanks Jean, I got your head where it is, she said before she walked over to Ruby. Jean was a bit more serious before his smile slowly grew wider before closing his eyes a bit. Thanks again all the best for you little girl he said happily. When Weiss showed off this little black cat grin again, her partner replied with a small smile. What was that name after us? Ruby asked as her voice was filled with anticipation and excitement. Ah well Ruby, I'm not sure. I was going to tell you I have a brother but it took forever to get there but that also got taken care of by all of you and everyone at Atlas. I couldn't even get inside so you can see the way our rooms look though. I found a little cat shelter and they are so cute as well. And I saw Yang come to visit. And it was really nice to see her come and see us together but now I really don't like my brother so I don't know what's going to happen with Jean Arc though I guess Yang is happy that he's returned. Yang told me that we can go back to school or some other place we can rest a little and the two of us went back to the training grounds and she spent some time with her and Yang with Ruby. It's good to see she's really excited to hear all of that. Weiss was making a point of making sure her partner wasn't in the mood to talk but he still was excited to be back and be with Ruby. No she and Ruby had always been my best friends and now they just feel like the ones there are really special to them. It's definitely nice to see that now because Ruby is going to be getting back to the training grounds with a few more days left to go so she can spend time with other people she can meet. 
That's why I came here to meet her so she will be back after a few days here before we leave we won't have to worry around each other. Weiss made it very clear that she was not just happy to see where Ruby was now that she was going to go to school. Ruby said that she and Yang would be happy to see where she was going. After leaving the beacon training field they began to walk through the streets of the city together. Weiss found herself watching them going through the alleyways before seeing several people. She didn't want to miss out on seeing a bunch of people that looked just like herself from before. Her partner smiled at her as she moved out into the street. She decided to look for Ruby herself she had been looking for a while and she noticed the others as well. She didn't really notice them and decided to look closer. Instead she went up to Ruby. Ruby. Are you okay Weiss? Ruby asked as she noticed her partner looking at her when she knew she was talking to the black cat. Yes ma'am I'm fine Ruby, I'm fine but you can try and hide your reaction so I can see. Weiss answered in a much more serious tone. It looks like you got your reaction from Weiss here too, right? Ruby asked, looking at her sister and saying something. It looks as if you're really enjoying it. Rosamond replied. Weiss stared at her as well, feeling as if her heart was pounding. Ruby thought how horrible it was that that would be her to say something as she had not been doing it the last few minutes. I really am sorry but I couldn't be as loud as you just now, but I'm just as annoyed as anybody to see that you're all so quiet. I really can hear you. She told Weiss looking at her sister. Alright Weiss, I'm going to stop right now but I want to know what's going on so I can get you a good seat with you, Rosamond stated after getting Ruby to sit. After a few minutes Rosamond leaned back in her chair and began to talk quietly. I'm going to tell you something to calm you down, I'm not going to have any time for this now. I want to talk about something about Ruby now. I want to share a kiss with you, make you think about this for a minute, tell her I love you, then leave and return here to have an after dinner. After Ruby had left, Rosamond smiled with excitement in his eyes. Weiss sat up and looked down at her sister as she got up out of the living room. What is this going to feel like? I'm not saying it must feel like any romantic encounter here. I'm just saying it's a good time to talk about something. I'm just trying to do my best to give you all a nice hug when you leave my room. I should just rest for a while longer. She asked the sister as she wrapped her arms around their neck after hugging her back. Weiss nodded and left them both at the same time. A few minutes later they started walking around the city, as they made their way back to the city. Ruby, I know I'm probably getting the weirdest story, but Ruby is really going through a rough patch right now. Weiss explained as they started to walk along a deserted street. Wait, what is going on here? Oh well for now, if you don't want to read, you can read the new chapter of the novel here, and if you didn't want to read I suggest you join me next time. This novel is all about romance, and it's not about what I think of what girls do and how they behave. Weiss noted as she was slowly walking along the street. Okay, so now I've got the idea, she said in a very serious tone. What I'm trying to do with the novel is introduce it as a romance novel so if someone wants me to write in it then I'll do everything I can so this chapter is going to go with it. Weiss began to write the story in a couple of chapters, giving each chapter as much information as possible while keeping it short. However, this was more of a story about how the two of them felt, how they felt about each other and how their characters are treated around each other. 
There was also a plot to sort through and give insight to that whole idea of Ruby giving up on him being his little brother, and a few chapters of how she has a crush on his mom's twin sister and how they've been through a lot that Weiss had just mentioned, and how this is what we want to see with romance as well. However she managed a couple chapters with that and it was just so much more. During that time she had gotten her girlfriend Ruby's word that she wouldn't follow up with her older sister to bring him back to her. Or if she still got her older sister back she'd end up being a little confused of the relationship between two of her parents. She decided to leave the situation with just the two of them. Ruby told her and Weiss and she decided to keep them as roommates because that would be getting close enough that it would make no sense right from inside Yang's head. So now they were making it through their problems as well. Alright my little girl is being pretty awesome so I want to talk about what you got up to in the past couple of weeks then tell you about now, she said, and the two of them looked back at each other and smiled. Um well what have I given you? The two of them asked, still looking as if they had done something funny. 